Right. Morning, everybody. Welcome to YankeeChronicles.com on the podcast. I'm here with Rob and Evan. And before we get started, we just want to ask you guys to check out StatementGames.com. You can find a unique experience to all these fantasy sports. And as always, check out DocIslandsBaseball.org, where you can learn about the founder of baseball. Um, Evan, are you what? I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> you, you really want to annoy me in the first 30 seconds of the show? Let's just jump right into it then. Phil Hughes sucks. He's yeah. <laughs> social media. So, <laughs> are, uh, are athletes too involved with social media? Uh, that's the fun we're going to be having today, especially after um, Bauer wrote a novel, um, Just As Long As War and Peace, about how he apologized to the Med fans, which is such a joke. You know what? Just, you, you didn't go, you didn't come to New York because you couldn't handle New York. Let's be honest. You didn't want New York, but you played the team, you played the fans, you played baseball, but you want to try to reconcile your image by issuing some dumbass apology. No, and you know, he, you know what? They need to put the keyboards away and pick up their gloves and improve their on-the-field performance. Yeah, sorry to cut you off, but he said something really dumb, too, where he basically said, I look forward to coming to City Field this year, and I hope you guys, like, cheer for me or something, even though I know boos are coming. Like, just shut the fuck up. Why do you have to explain everything and analyze everything? We get it. You're an analytical lunatic who likes to play with his drones all day. Go do that and leave us the fuck alone, okay? It's hard for me to critique someone for being this involved in social media because that's what I do, but I don't have a life. This is all I care about is social media. I don't have anything outside of this. He has millions of dollars, and yet he has to explain to average fans and casual people why they should love him. Like, why, why do you need this much attention, Trevor Bauer? Seriously. Nope. You know, we didn't, we didn't have half, you know, Clint Fraser even cleaned it up where – when he was you know, he was trying to save his image on social media, and it was starting to backfire. He's not on as much, and when he is, it actually is fire. You know, he throws out some good memes. You know, during the off season, you know, he he, he makes us all laugh and keeps himself on the minds of fans. Without over, he doesn't oversell himself anymore. That's that's what athletes. Athletes need to stay on social media, especially when when the season's going on. Well, also look look at how Didi handles it. Didi's never tweeting during inappropriate moments. He tweets after the game at a time frame in which you on social media are expecting it. And when it doesn't happen, you're like, whoa, whoa, what's wrong with Didi? Is Didi dead? Go find Didi. Someone kidnapped him. He's not tweeting after a game. It's different though because Bauer has these asinine opinions about everything, just like I do, and yet he needs to go on Twitter and, and share everything. We don't need to know what your marketing team is doing or the mistakes they made on your stupid website. It's like he's apologizing, but he's also promoting everything he does and his website. Oh, by the way, make sure you check out my website that made a mistake. Uh, here's the link. Go to my website. We, no one cares, Bauer. Let Rob talk. I'm pissed off. Go ahead, Rob. You're um, up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't think that whole story thing was necessary from him. Like, I don't think he needed to apologize to anybody. It wasn't, 
you know, the only reason why everyone thought he was going to the Mets is because Nightingale got it wrong again. So, um, <laughs> I mean, that, that's really all it is. And I look forward to. I I was kind of hoping he was right. To be honest, I'm like I want him to get one because he Nightingale is just constantly wrong. But um, you also you saw he got Ozuna wrong as well. He said that the chances of him going back to the Braves was diminished, and like two days later he goes back to the Braves. So, On a four-year deal, a big yeah. deal that no one was expecting. <laughs> it, Nightingale's great. But uh, about Bauer, he didn't owe anybody an apology. You know, like, yeah, what's yeah. he apologizing for? Like, I don't know what the whole deal was. And, like, Evan just said he's going on promoting his website during this whole apology. And he wants Mets fans to cheer for him. Like, look, I'm not a Mets fan. I, just, I despise the Mets. But if I was a Mets fan, I would not want to cheer this guy. But at the same time... I'm sure Mets fans know that this is a business and he didn't put out anything that he was going to the Mets. There was that whole, you know, failed marketing thing, but his agent never said we're going to the Mets. You know, she's very active on Twitter. Um, He never said, I really want to go. I'm going to the Mets. I'm going to the Mets. No one else, but Nightingale said that he was going to the Mets. Everything was the Mets seem like a favorite, but the Dodgers are still in it. So it was always that two team race. And until the final thing came out, you know, Mets fans are probably just waiting, like, okay, what's he going to do? And then he said no. And that's it. I'm sure Mets fans are over it at this point. No, Mets Mets have an excellent rotation without Bauer. So they're not, like, dreading the fact that they didn't get him. You know, they needed a center fielder more than anything, in my opinion, and they still haven't really addressed that with the Almora signing. So the, the whole social media presence, it's part of the game now, you know, the new era of sports everywhere. But I don't know. It was very weird the way the whole way he went about it. He could have just said one simple thing. You know, my marketing team had a mistake on the website. I apologize for that. But it was just weird. It felt unnecessary. Yeah, it was too much. And you made some great points, too, about the Mets. Um, they have a really good rotation. You know, if they stay healthy, it's fine. So I don't understand why. And this is constantly because this was with the old um, – or uh, front office as well, they constantly try to take something that is already elite and make it even better. It's like, if you got Springer, that would have drastically changed the entire base of the franchise. You would now have the leader in center field that you need. You have a huge bat, and you still just got Lindor and Carrasco. That would have been a bigger impact move than going after Bauer and wasting time and then signing who'd they get a, a Marl Jr. or something for center field the other day? Like basically they, Juan Lagares 2.0. It's really he's they're replacing exactly. Lagares with another Lagares. Exactly. And I, I think that the Mets would have been far better off if they had Lindor and Springer as opposed to Bauer and Carrasco. The 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 position player moves would have been better than the pitching staff. Well, because their team isn't balanced. Like I just said, their rotation is considered elite. If you look at the top five, they're definitely on it, as are the Yankees. Um, Would you say that their offense is top five? I'm not even sure it's top 15. You can pick some pieces that are really damn good there, but you need all of them to really, you know, perform at the level that we thought they could. The fact that Alonzo had, you know, one of the most drastic declines last year, that needs to change. You need to see him do what he did rookie year, just like we need to see Judge do the same thing he did rookie year. Um, 
those are real unrealistic expectations. Um, so the fact that they, like I said, continued to go after starting pitchers when you knew they needed to bridge the gap, you know, in their outfield, in their infield, and um, they just didn't do it. It made it like I would have even liked if they went after Azuna. He would have been a great option for them, especially if they brought the DH back, which we now know is not going to happen. But there was a time period in which we thought it might. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, Rob. Okay. Um, The Mets rotation is elite. They have the best pitcher in baseball at the top of the rotation. There's no question DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball, and he's getting paid peanuts compared to what Bauer is going to get. And – uh, Syndergaard unfortunately hasn't been able to stay healthy, but when he is healthy, you know he you know he can get it done. I know Evan hates uh, Strowman, but he's not a bad guy to have as a number three or four starter. And you have Carrasco there as well. Like there was no need for them to get Bauer. And so if they just improved that offense a little bit, maybe went after some more bullpen pieces. People forget they also got Trevor May. Like his name never gets brought up in yep. what they've done this offseason. That and was a good addition. That- they got that other guy who used to pitch for the Padres, last name with an L or something. I, I can't remember, but he, oh, he's a pretty decent. I know you're talking about. He's a pretty decent option, yeah. too. Um, the Mets just have an interesting team because, like, as a New Yorker, I want them to do well, but it's like they're, they constantly have this image of being clowns like they get this new owner and we've seen three dramatic things happen since he's been the owner i mean (laughs) how many pedophiles have walked through the men's organization quite a few too that's not good let me ask you guys a question all right i want rob to answer first because evan will go on a winded run um (laughs) when we hype up or compliment other teams what is the line where you're complimenting other teams as opposed to shitting on your own? I mean, that's part of being a baseball fan. Like I'm a Yankee fan, no matter what, like I'm going to root for them to win every single game, but at the same time, I'm a fan of the sport. So if I see something that I'm, that gets me as excited as a fan, even if it's from the Red Sox, I'm going to acknowledge it. Like with Pedroia, I hated playing against him. But I'll acknowledge he was a he was a good player, yeah. you know, and things like that. It's so I, I don't want to see the Mets win the World Series or anything. But like Evan just said, you know, it's good for the city and it's good for the sport if both New York teams are playing well, because it's like it's a huge market. So I mean, even as a Yankee fan, I'm not shitting if I say the Mets rotation is really good. It's not me saying the Yankees suck. You know, it, there's a big difference between if I if I were to come out and say, man, I really wish we had DeGrom. No, we have Garrett Cole, who might be the second best pitcher in baseball. You know, that's arguable. It's not really a bad consolation prize, if that's what you want to call it. So, yeah. so I mean, some uh, Yankee fans have that perception, though. Yeah, before Evan jumps in, like it's starting to get jittery, um, <laughs> I'll insert this little bit in the center here. There are fans that when Bauer got signed to the Dodgers, there was this whole mockery of the the way that the Yankees pitching staff is constructed by its own fan base, which led me to put out the tweet that I tweeted out. So if you're counting the Yankees out prior to game one, you are not allowed to attend a single fucking game in 2021. 
Don't show up at October like you believe in this team all along. Good. Right. And I kind of got a lot of heat for that. But it's something you guys know. I said that even before the season even ended in 2020. You know, I almost put out the same thing every year. And it kind of pisses me off when fans, just because your team didn't make the moves that you wanted them to make, that somehow the Yankees are no longer relevant in a race. So, Evan, do you want to jump in? We've been relevant for the last 30 years as the Yankees, okay? I, uh, how many times do I have to say that in my entire lifetime, 32 years, I've lost less than 10 times? How many people can say that? Not many. So it's, it's, it's so fucking stupid to me that we have fans that think if you are critiquing your team, you're shitting on them. Or if you're praising another team, you're shitting on your team. It's called analyzing the sport. We're ultimate fans. I'm an elite fan that thinks about baseball literally probably, I don't know, 20 hours a day. So it's, it's, it's a dumb question to me. It makes no fucking sense why anyone could do that. It's like if I say Derek Jeter had bad range, that's not me saying he's a bad player. That's me critiquing his biggest weakness, which it was. It's like Jesus Christ. How we, we have to say that anyone who did the sport who was elite is perfect. They're perfect at what they did. No, you can critique literally anyone that's ever played. Anyone. And that goes for teams as well. Yeah, you know, and there's not one fan that I could single out. You know, but there were a lot of you know, a lot of reaction on, on, on Twitter and, and social media how the Yankees, you know, don't stand a chance. And I really think they're way off base. They're, they're reactionary. It's like you said, we have a reactionary fan base that is drastic on either side. It's either too much hate, too much praise, nothing in the middle. It's like you can't see a balance between what the team we have. We've been a top five team since a rebound started in 2016. No one in the history of sports gets to say that. We nope. had a three-month rebuild, and then with a rookie squad, almost beat a team that had to cheat to win a World Series. Yep. We're amazing. We've been amazing. We have all the pieces here, which is why Cashman, in your mind, is a prospect hugger, you casual idiot fans, because he doesn't want to move people that could possibly extend our dynasty run, which is what we're trying to create, okay? He's trying to make it so that we can start off the, the 2020s having won maybe two or three World Series, and then finishing them, starting that again for the next generation. Cashman's not dumb. He's setting up the next 10 years with the amount of prospects and other moves that we're going to make. So calm down, enjoy the journey, because I think we can beat a lot of these teams. Tampa Bay just got worse. Houston just got worse. We got over those two humps. Those are the two biggest jackass teams that we got to play, and we just got over that little hump. So let's see how we do this year, because I actually think we have the best shot this year than we've had in the last couple of years, other than 2017, which we were cheated out of. Yep. You're spot on. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's perfect to say that about the fans, because they're reactionary. You know, if we if we would have gave Bauer that kind of a contract saying we're paying him more than Garrett Cole, would people have liked that? Like, let's be honest here. The fact that everyone complains about Stanton's contract 
they don't compete, and they're they're gonna be like, well, that's a great move. You got Trevor Bauer, and I get it. We signed two pitchers that have a lot of question marks because of their injuries, you know. But it's a big if. Everyone's saying, well, they're not going to stay healthy. Well, how do you know that? Nobody knows what's going to happen. That's why I can't stand when people criticize Cashman constantly for not picking up starting pitching, but you can't predict injuries. Every year we've got the last, at least the last two seasons specifically that we've had, or three years that we've had Stanton, we've gone into those years with arguably the best roster in baseball. And last year, I really thought we would have had a great shot to win the whole thing. But injuries happen, and it's part of the game, and you can't predict it. You can't be like, I have to go get Joey Gallo because Aaron Judge might get hurt. Just, I don't know. The fans are interesting. Going after Joey Gallo, okay, he's got a great on-base percentage, right? But we don't need another strikeout bat. And we have several other guys. I would go in. I would prefer – they make a move for, for Trevor Story. But that would cost you either Urshela or Voight. Do we want to give up Urshela's defense or do we want to give up Voight's offense? For somebody, we, you know, a lot of people think just because we're the Yankees, they're going to come here and they're going to be a fucking superstar. That doesn't work. We've seen multiple players and we've talked about it before it, last week. How many it's players all- come here and fall on their face? Because they can't handle it. It's also not necessary to make a big trade when you know that there's going to be a free agent class for shortstops next year. On top of the fact that we have, what, three or four solid options as prospects in our farm system. So, like, Yankees fans need to calm down. And Rob made several really good points there, which is if we had signed Bauer for that amount of money, would Yankees fans be happy? In the moment, yes. They would be happy because we made a move and they want to move right now, no matter what, they don't really care what it is. But two years down the road, if he has a bad season next year and doesn't opt out and cost the Dodgers 80 to $102 million, those fans are going to turn on him rather quick. If he puts up an eight and 15 season with an ERA of four, which is something he's very capable of doing, they're going to turn on him really quick. So I, I don't want to pay him that amount of money. It's ridiculous. He's not worth $40 million a season, but because of what the market was, because of how he convinced the Dodgers that if they bring in this pitcher, he can, you know, cement another World Series championship for them. They did it. It makes all the sense in the world, which is why Yankees fans are pissed off because they're going, well, wait a minute. We're that close to a World Series, too. So, Cashman, why aren't you going to drastically go over the cap and bring all these players in? Because it's not smart to do that. And like I said multiple times, we're trying to win a dynasty over the next 10 years, not just one. You know, and it's not that the the Yankees are operating. We know they're operating on a budget. But here's why I don't want them to go over the budget. And that is because I don't want to give money to other teams that aren't going to improve their product. I'm tired of it. You got the, the, the pirates that dumping everybody, you know, like they, you know, they have the plague. Yeah, the cap and, needs to go. We, we talked about that multiple times yeah. and, and we're going to continue to do that because it really has um, caused so many issues for so many teams in the entire league. And I really think the next collective bargaining agreement is going to be a really rough process. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just such bullshit. 
It really is. It's a pain in the ass because we're never happy no matter what we got. Even if we did get Balam, they would still find something to complain about because until they get that title, nothing is right in the world. It doesn't right. mean you can have a Hall of Famer in every position. That doesn't guarantee you anything. Right. You know, all these teams right now, they opened up their books, they started spending money, but only the Yankees get, get and they only um, we get into that classification where we have to buy our championships. But nobody blinks an eye when the other teams do it. You know, the bias against the Yankees of cross baseball is bullshit. Because we're the first fans that will compliment other teams. When, right. they're, when, they're able, when they're able to put it all together and succeed, good for you. Sorry, you know, we wish it was us, but you guys earned it. That's our message to most fan bases, unless you're the Astros or the Red Sox. So, you know, don't open up, you know, Dodgers, nobody's, you know, screaming at them that they buy, have to buy their rings. Because they're the Dodgers. So if you didn't spend the money, you would have never won. So you had to buy it. Get it? I hate that narrative. A whole buying championship thing is so stupid because the Yankees, when they were spending all that money in the 2000s, they didn't win. It all happened one year. And the Dodgers built. It doesn't work. Right. The Dodgers built a really good team through their own system and then added upon it. They added Mookie Betts to a really good team last year. They just added Trevor Bauer to a World Series winning team. So they did it right. They're not buying right. anything. It's That's just the difference. The, yeah. the difference is just that, is that they built a team through every resource they had available, which is not what you see other teams do. Okay, the Padres constantly spend their money and make ridiculous trades where they get – the same type of outfielder in like every trade they've done that for what five years now so until they win and when they do win we can say they bought a championship they did this they spend so much money but it's 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 a dumb term that no fan should say about any team because you want teams to spend money that's the point exactly yeah, and go back. I'll bring it to basketball for a second. When the Warriors added Kevin Durant, everyone's like, "Oh, they're buying, they're buying championships." They built that squad before Durant got there. They drafted Draymond Green, they drafted Klay Thompson, they drafted Steph Curry, and then when they got Durant, that allowed them to sign a lot of other veteran players that wanted to go there. That's how these things work. And to right. and it goes back to what the the Dodgers just did. They built that team. You know, they had a lot of guys that came up through their own system. They made trades. They, they did it the right way. And But the Yankees do it. It's just you're buying championships. But it doesn't make sense because we've only won one since 2009. So we haven't bought anything. Right. And your best point with the Warriors, too, is that they already had a dynasty when Durant came there. So it's a little different than, you know, same with the Dodgers. What they're doing now is – bringing in Bauer to implement that dynasty. If they now win the next two years, that's a dynasty, and Bauer just helped them get it. You know, it, it's a double, you know, it's a double standing in sports. And it's unnecessary. It really is. It's but, a reactionary thing. That's really, it's really all it is. And 
you know, even in the nineties, the Yankees weren't spending crazy money. You know, they added Scott Brocious to a, a really good team and it was criticized heavily ended up being one of the best moves they could make. They already had a really good team. They weren't spending money left and right in the nineties. They built that team through the farm system and smart moves, you know, and just, but they bought championships. Then. But that's, that's what the Yankees doing now. You know, I mean, at, to this point, to this moment, the Yankees struck out with the, with the Stanton mold. It hasn't paid off. I disagree strongly with that. But at the yeah. same time, it stands it last year in the short season, Stanton kind of, he earned to me, he earned his money. Now he was able to perform in October, which is what we need him to do. He doesn't have to earn his money with us. We did not give him that ridiculous contract, and we got them to pay $30 million in a bad trade market for him to take us. It's, it, just, it makes no sense to me why Stanton, a former MVP, gets all this shit because he doesn't live up to these ridiculous expectations in Yankees' minds that we're going to have two MVPs every year. That's just not how it works. He didn't have any injuries other than the broken jaw until he got here. And I'm sorry, maybe that's a result of what our coaching staff and team has because this is the third season now that he finally is doing yoga and other things instead of working on his muscle mass, okay? He worked on his muscle. He's a giant. You don't need to work on muscle mass when you're a giant. I need to work on my muscle mass. I can't lift shit. All my muscles in my legs. So it's ridiculous. We criticize him. And now after making mistakes two years in a row, he's now switching it. And maybe this year will be the year we don't see him get injured. And maybe that'll be the case for Judge too. But I I think it's bullshit how much criticism Stanton gets. That was a good deal. That was a smart deal. We had no other option than to make that deal because it fell in our fucking lap. And everyone praised it when it happened. Cashman's a god. Cashman's a genius. How did you just get the MVP for Starlin Castro and a couple of low-tier prospects? But he gets hurt after carrying the team on his back his first year, playing injured, and having offensive numbers very similar to what he has done throughout his entire career. I've said it before. Take away the MVP season because it's rare that anyone replicates what they did the year they won the MVP. Every other year, you look at his stats, 2018 was actually his second best season. Correct. And people forget that because he got hurt. Oh, my God, he got hurt playing a sport. The same people that get angry about players being injury prone are the same ones that would step on that baseball field and get hurt within five seconds. I know damn well if I go out there and try to play a nine-inning game, baseball, running around the outfield, swinging a bat, and running the bases like that, I'm going to get hurt. You know, and I get it. He's a lot. He's, you know, you get paid to do this. You're a professional, but injuries happen. And it's unfortunate it's happened the last few years with him or the last two years. But if he stays healthy this year and we win the whole damn thing, no one's going to care. And that's what I, it's really what I hate because you're going to see people that wanted this guy gone and wanted the trade reversed. They won't get rid of him, trade him to anybody, get rid of the contract. But if he produces this year and we win a World Series and he has a postseason similar to what he did last year, Everyone's going to love him again. You know, the same thing with Evan's all-time favorite player. When Avon first got here, we were all saying he couldn't perform, he couldn't perform. But when he played well in 2009 in that World Series run, everybody, everything was forgotten for that that time period. 
See, Stanton's already been better for us than A-Rod ever was. That is a strong statement, but I'm going to make it. A-Rod was literally only good in 09. And it's, it's really frustrating that you have a guy who makes that amount of money and has batted in the playoffs under 200 multiple times. Okay. So it just, I, I hate how everyone praises A-Rod. I don't get it. He's a lying, cheating piece of shit who ruined our team. And yet, because he was good, we continue to put money at him and let him act like a complete jackass. He sh- I didn't want him on this team. I never did. I love Soriano. It was bullshit. You know, a lot of people that, you know, they'll criticize, you know, Swisher and Teixeira because, you know, they could have performed in October. Well, except for one year, A-Rod was in the same boat. He's know, on multiple let's occasions. Only, let's only criticize the other guys because A-Rod's a hero to everybody. For some reason. Uh, I this uh the whole thing with A Rod when they could have got when he opted out that should have been it yeah you know you had him from 04 to 07 you didn't win anything you know they got a uh, 04 I, I like to try to forget it but what happened happened and he was a big reason why we lost that series um 05 we didn't get past the first round 06 same thing 07 the same thing. We could have traded for Miguel Cabrera. Instead, we gave this guy a huge contract, and we got one championship out of it. I mean, it was great to win it, but, you know, if Stanton had the exact same thing in his Yankee tenure where he wins one championship and the rest of the postseasons he struggles, are they going to love him the same way they love A-Rod? That's the big Uh, question. I doubt it. Right. The the issue, too, is it's been 11 years since we won. Before then, it had been nine. The in-between there was pretty brutal for a couple seasons, and it's like I constantly bring up. I would have gotten rid of that one ring if it meant at any time during this period we had, you know, better seasons in the playoffs and and, and, and built something. Because one ring is great, but I really want that dynasty, and I felt like we squandered an opportunity in that time period between 04 and 07 to really do that by wasting money inappropriately and by just making bad moves, you know? And then when we finally won in 09, it was great, but we, we have all these other fans saying we've been irrelevant since. And I don't think that's the case. I think from 09 to about 2015 was brutal. Since then has been rather relevant. No, I don't, I see to say the Yankees are irrelevant you know, even during that time period, is bogus. Because we were in the chase all year. You know, the at that time, in that time period, you know, the or you know, the Blue Jays at that point were irrelevant. You know, right now the Orioles are irrelevant. They offer nothing to the competition. That's being irrelevant. Right. It's very and rare that we have irrelevant. a season in which we haven't won 95 or more games. You know, it, we're usually between 90 and the 95 range. You uh, have a I, losing season since 93. What exactly human sports could say that? Exactly. But we're irrelevant. Welcome to Yankee fandom in 2021. <laughs> That's what it is. It's just, I, like I said it before, I get along with Red Sox fans more than I do with the Yankee fans. Aside from you guys on the podcast, I really don't get along with the Yankee fans very well. I don't either. Like, because they just uh, – mainly it's on Twitter. I'm not saying it's everybody because there's a lot of really damn good fans out there. But 
you know, there's a lot of ones that just make some stupid takes and I get everyone has their own opinion, but yeah. like the whole thing with even going back to Trevor's story, what, what is the sense of trading for him? Because you're going to have to give up, like you said, Bobby or Scheller or Voigt. So you're taking away for offense. And what are we doing with Gleyber Torres? We're moving to LeMayhew to first base now, taking away a gold glove at second, just so Glaber can go back to second base because he had a bad 40 game stretch. Like, so we're yeah. giving up on Glaber Torres after labeling him untouchable in trades. But now we're giving up on him. He can't play shortstop, according to Yankee Twitter, just like Clint Frazier could never learn the outfield. You know, well, Glaber can't play shortstop, but we can't trade him. Right. So what do you want to do with him? It's, you know, we are our own enemy as a fan. Because, like you said, unless every year of your career you're a Hall of Fame player, We'll look at a movie. And it's it wasn't even that great at second so base. Though. Unrealistic. We have placed our ceiling so high that it's uh, the, the goals are unreachable. It doesn't matter. If they win one but not get the you know, if they win this year and they don't win again next year, then it would, everything was a, you know, they'll go back to being everything was a joke. Well, and that, that's why we're always mad as fans. It's because our expectations and goals are not in line with what the teams are. Um, you know, our front office has told us exactly what they're trying to do. And most of us uh, say, fuck that. We want to spend all the money we got. Go over the salary cap by $100 million. A lot of fans don't care and would want to do that. But, you know, it's a business. You can't be, you can't be dumb Today, if it's going to drastically affect tomorrow, years down the road and years down the road past that, that's why Cashman is smart to me because you've seen at the beginning of his career, he had all the money in the world. Then we saw him have none. Now we're seeing him have both with what he did last year with Cole and what he tried to do this year with DJ, Kluber, Tayon. I mean, he's made such great moves this offseason. We still have people complaining. I'm saying it's, it's being a fan, being a player, being a manager, being a GM, and being an owner is a no-win competition. You, you, you'll never satisfy the other in that, in, that, in that grouping. It's impossible. But game one's going to, you know, when game one starts, when spring training starts, we'll be tuned in all the same. Of all those jobs that you just mentioned, which do you think is the hardest? I would say general manager is probably the hardest job in sports. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. Like, general manager, manager, owner, player, fan. Because look, look, look at the Yankees again real quick. Hal Steinbrenner doesn't even like baseball. So he's just an owner who is financially minded, but he doesn't give a shit. And yeah. then there's Boone, who's just a puppet of Hal and uh, Cashman. <laughs> so Cashman's job is the hardest because he actually has to do shit and convince the other two that they're relevant, and they're not. But even talking about Hal, it's not like I get, he probably doesn't really give a crap as long as he's making money. But you can't say that he hasn't given Cashman the resources to go out and get players. We're constantly having high payroll. It may right. not be I the highest go- in baseball. I would but not go as far as to say that. Right. So it's, it, but he's, we're going out and we're getting players. Like 2018, we get Stanton. 
We didn't really do too much in 2019, but we ended up getting what was probably the best free agent signing of the year in DJ for nothing. And then last year we get Cole and this year we've kind of, we brought DJ back, but we've spent money. We've spent over a hundred million dollars in free agent signings. Most of that because of DJ, but look at the moves we made. O'Day is going to be a really good signing. Don't you think it's amazing though, that right now if Cashman's career ended, the two greatest signings that he ever made, both are DJ. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to call him that. I mean, the, the first contract that he got when everyone was looking at Machado yeah. and Harper, and he got two years 24 when he was trying to get four years 68. It's unbelievable. And then he got those extra yeah, two yeah. years back anyway in this contract by taking a little less money. So DJ's still going to have – a hundred plus million dollars when his career is over. And he strikes me as someone who is not financially dumb. So my guess is he's going to be just fine. I would say, yeah, financially, financial wise, those are the two best contracts. No, the first time we did it was a, was a goddamn steal. I've never been so proud of Cashman in my life. And um, I've known DJ for a while. I've known him in Colorado, of course. And I really just, Something clicked in December of, of, of that offseason where I just thought, why are we wasting our time with all this Machado talk and nonsense when the second best uh, second baseman or whatever infielder um, could probably be had for, for pretty cheap? Because I knew he wasn't going to get four years 68. I, I thought maybe, you know, three years 45 or something. But, you know, it's – you know, but we're coming up to it. You know, an interesting time as a, as a fan base uh, of the and a fan of baseball, because there's still two weeks or so until spring training, and we know more moves are going to happen. Uh, that's that goes without saying. You know, there's always those last minute deals that slip under the table. Yeah, so you know, we're just going to you know sit back, enjoy the ride, and you know, you you, you hope your team comes out on top. That's all we can do. But here it is. All we do is we, we, we bitch and moan at each other about how, you know, we want to praise other teams because, you know, rather than support your own. And that, that's really sad. Well, I, for me personally, I like to look at every team because I'm so invested in, you know, free agency and trades. And that's how you get to know players and stuff. So I'm constantly, you know, researching uh, rosters and looking into that. And when you analyze it, I just, I think it's so dumb why we're so negative about whether you're being critical or whether you're praising too much. Why does that matter? Like me disliking something about something doesn't automatically make me a hater. I hate that term. I think it's fucking stupid. Like I hate grilled cheese. Does that mean I, I'm a I'm a hater of great grilled cheese and now I should be shunned by the grilled cheese companies? Like I just don't fucking like it. I don't like tomato soup either. And they suddenly they go they go together, grilled cheese and tomato soup. No, I think they're both gross. Show just went off the rails. What are you talking about? <laughs> My point was valid. I stand by it strongly. Oh my god! 
You say your legs are strong. Your jaw is pretty strong, too. It's the way you <laughs> I did talk a lot this episode. I'll try to hold back tomorrow and let Rob and Donald talk tomorrow. My bad. <laughs> no, no, Donald missed out. <laughs> Believe me, after missing yesterday, we have a, we had a lot to say, you know. But inside, it's going to be a long week. You know, more. You know, there's still more to come. More. I'm sure Evan will have more complaints. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and both keep trying to talk about the ledge, which won't work. <laughs> you, know, you know, we got you know chickens in the oven. You got Billy goats in the bedroom, and just, you know, grilled cheese in that. the trash. Yeah, I hate grilled cheese. I got four chicken sandwiches left, though. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, tune in tomorrow for more chaos on the Yankee Chronicles podcast. Uh, Donald should be back with us. Uh, who knows what's going to happen over the next 24 hours, and um, hopefully you have something more to entertain you with. So until then, everybody, stay safe, stay smart. And be careful on those icy roads if you're in New York because it's bad out there. So uh, drive carefully because uh, we need you home safely to watch us. So everybody, have a good night. Take care.